hello and welcome to yet another exciting episode of Life and Football Conversations with myself, Ubunganoga Lamini. And today, I'm delighted to say that I'm joined by uh, someone that is very passionate about development in sports and in football and also women's football. And she's got an, um, a foundation of her own and it's named after herself. I'm talking about Unos Busiso Sibia. Unos Busiso, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you, Bongani. And how are you? I'm well, thank you. Uh, how's your day been so far? Uh, it has been crazy because, you know, the weather is just doing things on the side. So, yeah. <laughs> I know, right? But, uh, yeah, thank you so much for, for joining me. Um, I mean, we, we, we know about your foundation and the work that you do through your foundation. But before I ask you about or we delve into it, we just want to know the person behind the foundation can you please tell us more about yourself okay cool so as you've said my full name is Mozebo Sisosbia I was born Gwambonambi a rural area near Richards Bay and then I went to primary school in Gwambonambi it was a village school so we didn't have a lot of sports uh, but in grade five the thing the company that's close to our primary school donated cricket kits mm. Because there was just football and yeah, I started playing cricket, but obviously there were no coaches and no one really understood cricket because I only knew it from TV. So it stopped, we stopped like after a year and then I went to high school in a boarding school in my tundra in Fryhead and they also didn't have sports. For some reason, rural schools didn't have sports at the time. They were just focusing on education. And then afterwards, I went to DUT to study journalism. The reason why I started journalism was because I love writing. I've always loved writing. And growing up, like as a teenager, I started loving hip hop and I used to listen to Tiba Touch. And then from then, I started watching sports and I liked what Tokero was doing as well as Robert Marawa. Mm. So that's one of the reasons why I decided to do journalism. Mm. And, and I mean, you, you did mention just now, which in, in both the schools that you went to, primary and secondary school, there wasn't really much sports. And I think, or rather, is, is it safe to say that is what pushed you to start your foundation and encourage sports, more especially in village schools? Uh, so what pushed me to start my foundation actually was... I remember when I was still a kid and obviously growing up in a village, like we all come from different families and there were a lot of kids in our school who didn't have school shoes. Mm. And um, I know how that affects someone's confidence, especially at that age. So the reason why I started the foundation actually was to help the kids in my village because now there's a lot of football in our villages. Mm. So it was to help the kids in the villages to have soccer boots because I think I know how it feels like for kids because, like I said, especially in villages, like there's a lot of inequality from my colleague that like some parents have jobs and some do not have. So when the kids are going to play games or they're going to a tournament, others have soccer boots and others don't. And not having soccer boots causes a lot of injuries for the young ones. Mm, that's very really true. And I mean, what, what, what are some of the challenges that you're facing right now running your foundation? Uh, the challenging, uh, challenges I'm facing right now with running my foundation, firstly, is funding, obviously. Because I, I think a lot of brands and a lot of companies now were a bit scared to spend money, especially in the soccer space because of COVID-19 and there went a lot of events. So a lot of brands are not like 
donating money right now to NPCs or NPOs. And another challenge is, uh, as a person who comes from a village and who comes from Guambonambi specifically, right now I'm focusing on my village. So with focusing on my village, it gets a bit challenging because you get an email or a text or a DM from someone from Soweto, for example, or someone from Limpopo, and you can't really help because you have to see the work that you're doing in your village now. And then when you're happy and satisfied with everything that you're doing in Guambonambi, then you can branch out to other rural areas or townships. Hmm. And and where do you want to see your village, Guambonambi? Like, at what point w- would you say, you know what, I'm happy with what I've managed to do with my foundation. Now let me branch out to other areas. So, firstly, where I want to see my village is, I want us to get to a point as a foundation, because the people in my village are very supportive. So, I want us to get to a point where we actually are able to get... Uh, bursaries or scholarships for kids in the village to go study maybe in better high schools or in university through a foundation and through football obviously because they love football and they're very good in football Mm. so i want us to get to that point and the lfa in in our village has about 11 teams so i can't branch out if i've only given soccer kids to two teams Mm. because now it's it's a bit of a challenge because you're leaving those other ones but the other ones already have soccer uh, soccer kids so I have to make sure that the, all the thing, all the teams in my village are kitted out because they registered at under Safa as well. That's why they're in LFA. So I need to make sure that they're kitted out, they have soccer boots, and then I can be able to branch out to other places. Hmm. No, it's, it's very wonderful what you're doing in your village. I mean, um, and it, it automatically brings us to football development, which is something you're very passionate about as well. And Please. I, I can imagine the challenges. Some of them you've already mentioned. They don't have soccer boots. They don't have kids. But uh, in general, w- with South African football, where do you think we are struggling in terms of football development? Because we do have the talent. And I think comparing us to other African countries, we do have the facilities and the infrastructure. But what would you say is our challenge right now in terms of development in football? I think our challenge right now in terms of development in football is all these resources that we have never reached the right people. Mm. Uh, a lot of people, a lot of people in development are very passionate about working with kids. They're very passionate about uplifting their communities and everything. Like a lot of coaches who reach out to me, they're very passionate about what they're doing to, uh, to the with the kids in the community. Mm. And they hardly get any funding. If the municipality is giving out funding, for example, for a tournament they'll give to someone who was maybe a soccer player before like a legend as they used as they call them or they'll give it to someone who's well known in the area but you find that that person doesn't even care about football development yet there are coaches who can't even get amadi licenses because if you know but anything in football development in south africa you don't get paid so you can't even they don't even have mining money to do their licenses their coaching licenses they don't have money for that they also have to cough out money to take those kids to games and the parents are not so supportive so i feel like the money just goes out to the wrong people all the time because even when I was doing my tournament, the municipality in my area, like, they didn't help me with anything. They even said no to a stadium that I knew was free, and we saw it on the day. 
that it was free. But luckily, I, 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 we have another stadium in Mangamu High School. It's not really a nice stadium, but at least we got to host the event there and it's close to home. And I knew everyone who was in the crowd. So it was safe in terms of security and everything. But municipalities don't really care about football development, if I'm being honest. It's, it's, it's really sad and it's really baffling because now here you are trying to play a role in your community instead of them supporting the initiative that you, you, you're bringing into the community. Instead, they, they bash it. And the very same municipality, the day you get sponsors and the tournament gets big, will want to get involved. That's a thing because another thing is um, even when we were doing the tournament because obviously as a person who's who's exposed to football development you know all the rules that are supposed to be done when you're going to have a tournament Mm -hmm. for example I got someone for first aid I got someone for I I went to the police station and I told them that I was going to be doing a tournament so they can uh, can they please just send uh, two cops who are going to keep checking us out like every hour or whatever because we're working with kids because if you don't do that and something happens then you're in trouble so we did all the right things and then afterwards someone who works in the municipality he came to us and he was asking who organized this tournament who did you tell about this tournament and he found out that actually everyone knew about the tournament it's really 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 sad you know we can laugh now but it's really sad and i don't think that your village is the only place where these kind of things happen that's a thing and another thing is i'm sorry to catch you but if you look at places like soweto soweto has like they've got resources and it's so amazing like i remember i went to the next stadium and i was talking to the kids there and i was telling them that they're so lucky that they've got these resources because the kids in the rural areas don't have them but now if you look at development coaches in soweto are they getting paid You know, you know, it's it's it, it, it goes to show that we still have a long way to go as far true. as development in our country is concerned in terms of football. And we can't expect to to see a Bafana Bafana going far in the World Cup when we still have such issues to deal with. That is very true because if we think about it, Bongan, if you think about it, in countries like Belgium, for example, they have uh, the, they have this academy, and in that academy, I think it's Anderlecht, Lea Pesitao now. And in that academy, they think they produced Ama players. I think it was about nine players or more for the thingy for the World Cup, the World Cup squad, the squad that did well. And they were saying Wuti born. Now what they do is they make sure Wuti their kids from the ages of 15 to 18, they UEFA, uh, they are a UEFA Champions League product. And it never happens in South Africa. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because uh, I, I was just sitting the other day and thinking, Wuti, in, in as much as Pesitao belongs to Brighton Hove, a club that plays in the Premier League, but when was the last time we had a South African who plays there? That's a thing. So it's 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 another story, and we and we can't expect for 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 Bafana Bafana to now be this great team that that does well in the World Cup when we are failing to do the the smallest of things and well it may not be small but getting things wrong at the grassroots level in terms of development so it's very sad but let me ask you this question do you think that our clubs 
PSL clubs that is because they they do get the grants they do get the money in terms of sponsorship and broadcasting and all that do you think they're doing enough in terms of developing players um to be honest uh i don't know to be honest i don't think they are mm. i i've seen that kaiser chiefs has a, a bunch of new players now younger players and then you think about uh, Orlando Pirates and okay, Zakele Lepasa is young. But I, I don't think we're doing a lot in terms of development in the PSL clubs. And like you said, they've got grants and they've got the money at least. But I don't think they're doing enough because I was even saying, Wutsi, this is such a slap to development when Yvette and EIX Cape Town had to go. Because those were the people who were dedicated to development. Mm. So I don't, I don't think we're doing enough. They're probably trying, but uh, not enough is done. I don't want to lie. You know, you mentioned in Kaiser Chiefs. Yes, we're seeing Bungo Simpile Ngobo, Busfama, and, and, and all these other guys. At Sundowns, you have Kelito Mahalwa. You know, there's, there's a few as well at Sundowns. But mm. the Kaiser Chiefs. And it, 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 it just, it's just a question that came up while I was watching them. Will we or would we have seen those players had the ban been over <laughs> by FIFA? Actually, I was also thinking of that. <laughs> I was also thinking of that because now, if the ban wasn't thingy, wasn't uh, what's this word? But if uh, there wasn't any ban, Kaiser Chiefs. I don't think we'd be seeing those players because they'll be buying new players, obviously, especially players from uh, from Vets. So you look at things like that and we worry because when was the last time you heard Uti, there was a scouting session maybe by Orlando Pirates or whatever in another province besides Soweto? Mm. Yeah, no. So yeah. And and with the multi-choice disky challenge as well, we do you feel that we are seeing enough players being promoted from the MDC to the first team? They just uh, they just get lost in the system. Honestly speaking, when it when it started, I was excited because I thought we were going to see like a lot of players getting promoted. Obviously, because now we're seeing them every weekend playing, but uh, nothing is really happening, hey? Because if even if you you look at okay, now it's not it's no longer called the NFD. But if you look at Glad Championship, yes. If you look at it, there aren't a lot of players that are, are getting promoted. It's like we keep swapping players who are like 29, 30. So, and I'm not saying which we must end our, their careers, but... Ish. We should focus on the upcoming players. That's the thing. And what do you think, what do you think needs to happen for us to have another Steven Pinard, for us to have another... Quentin Fortune, another Benny McCarthy. What do you think needs to happen? What what should be done? Um, I think we need to invest in development because I think another thing ends up for clubs not to invest in it in the first place, not to take... Actually, they're the ones who are supposed to be investing in it. But if you don't have or you don't trust the coaches that you have in development because you're just doing it for the sake of doing it, obviously, you're not going to promote your players. Mm because if you know you know what I trust that guy and we've got these players and these players and these players then you're going to be sorted but if not then uh, it's just it's just going to be that thing you know how sometimes clubs will start a women's team just for the sake of doing it 
So and, yeah. Uh, I'm glad you're mentioning um clubs starting women's teams because that's what I want us to switch our focus to women's football in our country. There's currently the Kosafa Cup that is happening in PE. Uh it's good to see Banyana Banyana introduction of new players, you know, the, the likes of Sibulele Holweni, Lona Temba Mshongo. There's there's a whole lot of them that are being introduced to the Banyana Banyana setup. Please. But are you or, or rather, what what are your thoughts right now on the state of women's football in our country? Because we did have the first season of the Safa Women's League last year. Sundowns were the champions, but there was no trophy. Apparently, they got their prize money. <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on women's football in our country? And Yazi, I don't even mean to laugh, but I'm just thinking about all the things that happen happens with women's football in South Africa. And uh, the sad thing is, for example, you mentioned Ulona Temba Mklong. And Ulona Temba is 18. She also played for Obasitsani. She's one of the best players we have in the country. And she, she's actually the one who scored the first goal when uh, on Banyana's first game. But have you seen any article about her? Mm, nothing. <laughs> like any article about her except for the tweet and the Instagram post that came from the Durban Ladies, which is her club. Because imagine had Ibafana been playing and an 18-year-old scored. Oh my God, it will be news everywhere. Like I remember when Benny was still, which is one of the reasons why I love football anyways. I think he was 17 at the time when we were playing in Namibia. And he scored four goals. And I just went crazy and everyone was talking about him, obviously. And that's when I started loving Open Makad. But what's happening to a girl in a village who wants to play football Yet they don't know anything about Solona Temp. Mm, mm. You, you, you know what you're saying? Uh, it's it's something that I've been having conversations about. Even even with Uchenin Van Vig, you know, she was, yes. she was playing in the Champions League with her club uh, in Scotland. We didn't see much from our media. Yes, Lebumutsu did mention it because obviously she's very passionate as well about women's football. Yes. But what role are journalists playing in this whole thing to say, you know what, we're going to speak about women's football? Shout out to her as well because she's doing a fantastic job. But she is. Journalists, surely they have a role to play in all that, don't you think? Yes, I, I think as journalists, we have a big role to play in that. And another thing is, what I always say to people is, even though, like, I think sometimes with, with editors, if you've ever been in, like, a newsroom space, you know that sometimes with editors, they won't approve your story or whatever. But I think just tweeting about people, like, I've tweeted about almost every female African, every African female football player who's playing abroad. And people take notice, like, whenever I see Zenitha Coleman's tweets and everything, I get excited because I've seen that a lot of people in the football space are now following her because I always talk about what she's doing in Spain. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, there's, 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 you, you, you have your Oshualas playing at Barcelona. Our very oh, my own, God. Our very own Refilwe uh, Jane playing in Italy for AC Milan. And we are not seeing enough stories. That's the thing, because with the stories that I've covered in women's football, for example, you've got Zenitha Coleman. Zenitha Coleman is from Namibia, 
she was trained she was coached by her grandfather from the age of seven and she's the captain of the national team she's playing in spain she's been playing in spain because she played for sevilla before um, oh she played for valencia before now joining sevilla and she scored her first goal last weekend no one spoke about that We've got Christy Uchebe. Christy Uchebe is from Nigeria. She's only 19. She's played in the World Cup and now she's playing for Benfica. I think she just got her third goal, fourth goal, goal this season uh, last weekend. No one spoke about that. And you've got your old Ode plays for Banyana and now she plays in Finland. She's back in Finland from Spain. And they just won the Champions League, not Champions League, they just won the league. And no one is really talking about that. So, yeah. Yeah, and, and I saw Ode's post on Twitter and you would think that maybe, maybe it's not the journalists, maybe it's the editors, we don't know. They're trying to, to sell the stories that they think people want to see. But at the end of the day, the story of uh, female footballers has got to be told. That's you the know, thing. We, we, we kind of hear these stories is during the the women's AFCON or the women's World Cup, which doesn't happen every year, you know? Yes. And, and I mean, still on women's football, we've done well, Banyana Banyana. Yes, we still have a long way to go as far as women's football in our country is concerned, but we're doing well to a certain point. We've, we're mentioning all these players that ply their trade overseas. Uh, we, we, at the last AFCON, we, we, we were runners-up to Nigeria. And through that, we went to our first World Cup in France. With all those achievements, what is it that we still need to do to ensure that we don't only compete in Africa, but with the rest of the world? I think, and I said this last year, when, when was it? In 2018, when we didn't win uh, in, in the World Cup. And obviously, I, I wasn't expecting us to be number one or something because you know all the countries that we were competing with. But the only problem, the problem wasn't the coach, the problem wasn't the players or anyone in the technical team. The only problem we had there, it was experience. We were competing with people who've been developed from the age of seven. Mm. And they were competing with girls who played football with boys maybe in the streets and they had no coach whatsoever. And they're competing with people who are in training every Tuesday to Thursday or whatever from the age of seven. So I, like, like I always say, and people think I'm crazy when I say this, if we don't invest in football development, we're never going to grow. Because like I'm saying, like in the US, they take their soccer very seriously. And then now you want a girl who's already started training with a coach at the age of seven, uh, of 17 or 18 to compete with someone who started training with a coach when they were six. It's impossible. It is. I mean, I mean, you talk about America and uh, they, their investment in soccer, as they call it, um, it, it translates to the success that their women's team has. You know, they've won... I don't know what four, three or four World Cups, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, I think they've won four. Exactly, and in our country, Yasbengizbozoguti. So, if we didn't qualify for the World Cup, women's league, because apparently it, it, or you get the feeling that it came from that. 
But another thing, Butwami, and I'm happy we're talking about this, and you mentioned the point here, Women's League. Another thing is, Eba, when you're doing something like for women's football, it mustn't be like you're doing women a favor. It's something that's, that needs to be done. Like it's an investment, you're not doing anyone a favor. Mm. So now we can't have a team that doesn't have a kit until Busisiwa Mokwena writes an article about it and everyone goes crazy on Twitter and then now they have a kit. Like, you can't work like that. That was very embarrassing, by the way. Oh my God. <laughs> that was very embarrassing. Let's not talk about the, 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 the kit launch and whatnot. And <laughs> first of all, when they launched the kit, it was a Bafana Bafana kit as if that was our only national team. Yes. Uh, it's, it's as if Bantuana don't exist, Banyana Banyana don't exist. And for them to go to, I mean, Kosafa, Kosafa is, is, a, is, a, is a huge deal. It's a big tournament. Yes. Them to go to that tournament without the new, I don't know, kit from the sponsor, no track suits, only for them to get it a couple of days before the tournament starts. It says a lot about how, like, women's football is just another thing in our country you know what i mean that's the thing because another sad thing yeah so now we are competing against like i feel like because i speak to people in ghana they're starting to take their women's football seriously look the fa is in ghana is working really hard and if you think about it if you saw the kids launch and it launched on the same day as Bafana, and I was so embarrassed as, uh, as South Africa because I don't understand why they launched Bafana only anyways. I was so embarrassed because you know what Ghana did? Ghana went to the street and they gave their street vendors the thing, the new jerseys. Because if you think about it, those are the real influencers because they can't even watch the game because they're working in the streets and everything. So they did this nice campaign and it was powerful. And next thing, we have this new sponsor and this new thing, this new campaign that we had. And it was so confusing. I'm just like, why are we shooting it in a hockey stadium? Why does it look like it was shot from a phone? Why are we using influencers? What happened to soccer players? Where are the girls? It was just, oh my God. <laughs> Everything was wrong about that launch, you know? Oh my the, God. The- and say okay at least they did one two three right there was nothing that was right about that launch and it it, it just besides women's football it's also for me i feel it's also just a reflection of our football association don't you think yes it was it was obviously because uh, a football association that's serious about their football would never ever have uh thing he said yes to that campaign because that campaign was a joke mm-hmm. It, it was a joke like no one got it no one understood what was going on so Tinag at least we are old and we can just say no guys but why would you do this what happens now to the boy who wants to play for Bafana one day what's going on there like where are the soccer players it, like it just didn't have any messaging I didn't get it and right now I mean just, just 10 years ago we hosted the first ever World Cup on African soy looking at the state of our football association looking at our football in our country would you say that the world cup had a positive influence or impact rather um i think 
the World Cup didn't have any. I don't know. I, I think it didn't change anything, to be quite honest, except for the nice stadiums. Yes, the stadiums are nice, Jim. I'm very happy about that. But like 10 years later, I think we haven't grown, man, as a country, as Ibafana Bafana, as our football association, as just, I don't understand how they work. And a women's football is even worse, yet they're winning everything. And it's just mm. it's just so confusing because you would think as people who hosted the World Cup we would take ourselves seriously, but I feel like we don't. And another thing with South Africa is South Africa is a very like football loving country. And even the fans understand our football. That's what I was even saying about football development coaches. If the money was going to the right people, maybe we would be in a better space. Mm, that's very true. It's The problem is the money getting onto the hands of the greedy ones. That is so true. Mm. And then the, the, the news that came out uh, yeah, yesterday about... Dr. Petrus Mutsipe, you know, announcing his candidacy for CAF president. If he does win next year, March, in the election, what do you think he needs to do in terms of women's football in the continent of Africa to improve it? What do you think he needs to do, or whoever wins, what do you think they need to do to improve football in our continent? I think what they need to do in, in, in investing in women's football and our continent, firstly, is to make sure that the women's teams in the country gets, gets the same funding as the men's team. Because if you look at, there's a club in Lesotho called Kick for Life. They, they played in the Premier League. I'm not sure if they're still in the Premier League, but they play their thing, they pay their males and their females the same amount of money. Which is very very impressive and that's the thing it shouldn't be very impressive it should just be a norm (laughs) you know it should be a norm to say hey here's player x plays for the men's first team he earns this amount of money here's player y from the women's team and they earn the same amount of money that's the thing so i i don't know like i feel like whoever wins the presidency needs to invest in women's football in that way uh, with the senior teams and then with the development teams they need to make sure that we have some sort of program in South Africa where they host Mm. coaching clinics and also try to make sure that at least I don't know how many teams in the province in development have soccer kits they have soccer boots they can work with foundations they can work with whoever but they just need to make sure that those things happen because another thing and which is one of the reasons why i started my foundation is at the at the ages of seven until 12 you need to learn how to to be confident on the ball and how are you going to learn confidence on the ball if you don't have balls if your whole team like there's 22 of you and you only have two balls Mm. who touches the ball and who doesn't It's, it's a problem that we have and it needs to be fixed and unfortunately it's not something that can be fixed overnight uh, but anyways just before I let you go um, what, what what can we expect from you in the I don't know in, in the near future what you can expect from me is the foundation is the, the foundation is very focused on football development as well as netball 
in rural areas, but we're also a- adding education. Reason being, I've worked with a foundation which was owned by which is owned by a friend of mine, Safund, and we've built about more than forty libraries in in rural schools. So we want to continue with that and partner with this Safunda as well because we can't just teach those kids how to be positive or how to be confident on the field. We also need to make sure that we're building them a future outside of the football field because anything can happen in the field. And if ever you don't get scouted by Orlando Pirates or you get an injury for life, then we know that you have a backup plan. So we really appreciate what you're doing. Well, let me speak for myself. I appreciate what you're doing, the work that you're doing through your foundation. Um, it's it's really it's really something great that you're doing, changing the lives of young people in rural areas because those are the areas that are ignored the most in our country, if I may put it like that. Yes. And I wish your foundation all the best. And yeah, I wish you all the best as well. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Buti, and congrats on starting the po- the podcast and doing such amazing work. Thank you. All right. Well, there you go. That was Nosbusiso Sibia. Great conversation we had about football development in our country, about women's football, and so much more. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, goodbye.